Hey everyone, welcome to another episode on season two of Path to the Pros. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, this is a podcast series where I sit down with some of the most talented and successful execs in sports entertainment. We learn about their journey so far, the path to success and hot industry topics as well. Today, I'm sat with Cosmina. Uh, Cosmina is the SVP of Strategic Partnerships for the New England Sports Network, or NESN as it's more commonly known by. Cosmina, thanks for, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Very welcome. Um, question I always love to get these things kicked off with. Uh, if you could just take us back to the start, Cosmina, start of your career. How did you first get into sports? Oh, okay. Started my career. How did I first get into sports? So I first was just in media. I was working for um, Fox Broadcasting, which, you know, was all of the day parts, including their live events. And I was just drawn to sports um, from a very young age. I always love like the camaraderie of it, rooting um, behind one common interest, uh, the passion and engagement from the fan base. So that kind of that trajectory um, and that narrative led me when I was at my Fox job, I was also drawn to the live sports there. Um, I gravitated towards selling them, trying to sell them, come up with ideas and marketing objectives behind it. So when I was offered an opportunity at Home Team Sports, which was a division of Fox Sports, actually focused on selling all of the regional sports networks for NBA, NHL, and MLB throughout the country, that that to me was like the perfect fit. I knew that I loved sales. Um, I had always been in sales. Like my first job was a waitress, which I consider a sales job um, at the age of 14. And then even throughout my college job, you know, I worked at Michael Kors and I was the top seller in the country for two months in a row. I just nice, love nice. the, uh, yeah, it was really fun. Um, I love the idea of being able at the end of a day or in a week or in a month, being able to say like, this is how great my week was, or here's the room for improvement, you know, pulling numbers, pulling reports. I was able to see where I stacked up against my colleagues as well. So being offered the opportunity at home team sports to not only be in sports, but also in sales was kind of the perfect um, marriage for me. And then I started, I worked my way up through the ranks. I was an assistant, then I was a planner. Then when we, there was the opportunity to be an account executive, everybody was like, you haven't been here long enough. You haven't, um, you know, you, you're not old enough. You you haven't, don't have the right experience. But I went at that pitch, probably harder than any pitch I've ever gone in <laughs> in my life, um, which was really cool to see it actually come to fruition. And when I got the account executive job at, home team sports, I was actually the youngest account executive that Fox had ever hired. Oh, wow. So okay. yeah, that was really cool for me to be like, hey, if I can do this, right. And I don't need anybody else to help me do this. Yeah. I've always been kind of a self-starter in that way. And then just every opportunity that was given to me, I took it. They were like, hey, there's this opportunity in Chicago to work on Miller Coors, which is a marquee piece of business, the number one biller at the time. I'm like, okay, I'll move to Chicago. Here I go. Yeah. And then, hey, there's this opportunity at Nessa to be a national sales manager. You know, we're looking for some okay, yeah, I could do that. I'll do that. So you know, threw my hat in the ring for that. And then when I got to Nessa, and I obviously loved being the national sales manager, but a local sales manager position came up like a year and a half later. And I knew that that was the next step in my career to get to the GSM role that I had wanted. So I was like, okay, I'll take that. I'll do that. Managing account executives, learning a new market, new you know accounts. And um, then from there, I went and I got in the, the digital space for a little while. And I realized, wow, linear is really behind in the digital space. TV is really behind in the digital space. 
And I was like, if I go back to NASA and apply this skill set, I can propel them, I think, um, really forward and help them kind of evolve to the next phase. Of course, the GSM position happened to open up on a whim. And I was like, yep, I want that. So I went after um, that as well. And I've been here now for the last two years. Um, But again, for me, this is a perfect marriage of sports and sales and being able to really make an impact on the industry and the culture here at Nesson. Nice. Nice. I'm glad you're able to merge those two, you know, the personal interest and passion and then the professional interest and passion, which, you know, you obviously be the the top performer across the country for, for a company like Michael Kors for a couple of months on the spin, I'm sure was you know, some achievement for you to say, okay, maybe I'm good at this. Maybe I've got a career in this. And then to be able to find your way into sports, I can imagine that was a, a really nice transition at the time. Um, yeah. He actually, fun fact about Michael Kors before we move on. Yeah, sure. uh, he actually signed a purse that he gave me in the bottom of my bag for being the top seller in the country. No way. Too. Yeah, that Very was really cool. cool. <laughs> and you still, you still have that purse, I'm hoping, right? Still have lost that somewhere. Purse. Right, no, good. Good stuff. <laughs> um okay cool and well you've been in sports for what's that around 10 years or so now yeah a little over I'm not gonna I'm not gonna show my age but a little over 10 years yeah (laughs) little over 10 years um Mm. I speak to a lot of people that have that the first kind of pinch me moment if you like the first moment where because I think when you first get into the industry you're just adjusting you're getting used to everything you're learning everything you're um you know speaking to those around you to try and get some sort of advantage and and get up and running as quickly as possible that you sometimes don't really take a moment to reflect and say, you know what, I've I've made it in an industry that I'm really passionate about. When was that first kind of pinch me moment or that first moment when you realized, hey, you know what, I've I've actually done a great job at at doing what I'm doing and I'm glad to be here? It it actually only happened like a year and a half ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, It was, you know, I'm again, I'm about working hard, uh, grinding it out, putting my head down, advocating for myself, definitely helping pull other women up throughout this industry. But I think the pinch me moment really came in Boston, it being such a huge sports um, town, right? Obviously, New York's a big one. And so is Chicago, but but Boston is a sports town in the way that I haven't experienced in those other. I mean, it is ride or die. It's huge. Yeah, huge. And um, this is going to sound like a funny moment, but I think, uh, you know, a little bit of a pinchy moment was my son, who was five years old at the time. He was sitting around a group of friends who had just made here in Boston. And, you know, he was trying to be cool. They were a little bit older. They were like eight or nine. And um, his cool factor was like, I was sitting at the table next door. He's like, see that lady over there? Yeah, that lady, um, she's my mom and she works for the Red Sox. And all the kids <laughs> looked at me and started chanting Danny's mom. And I was like, oh, wait, I'm like, this actually is like really, you know, cool what I'm what I'm able to do. And I guess like when your kids are proud of you and your family, you know, is proud of you. Um, that for me was a moment where I was like, you know what, uh, I've worked really hard for everything that I've been able to have. Um, you know, I have a World Series ring, which is really cool. Um, but having my son use me as his cool factor um, yeah. was a little bit of a pinch me moment for him. Yeah, that's, um, that's big. That's big. Major mongo achieved there. Yeah. yeah. Probably not as cool as some of the other people who you've talked to, but for me, that was the moment. Nice. No, nice. sounds very cool. Um, and I mean, great to be able to tick that box, you know, big kind of personal um, accomplishment, if you like, of having that moment with with your son. Um, on the professional side, uh, any kind of major achievements, any kind of big moments that really kind of stand out for you um, at any time, really, throughout your journey so far? Yeah. Um, 
You know, I think there's been so many. It's just, it's hard when I'm the leader of a team to take credit for some of these big things that have happened throughout my career because it's never just been me alone doing Spoken it. like a true role model, but go on, but, continue. But it's it's so true, you know, like, um, and we've had some really great successes here at Nesson over the last two years. Um, the amount of times that we've made, you know, uh, the PR headlines, have at least been four or five. We've sold um, studios. We sold the first ever Fenway studio um, to Wasabi this year, which was huge and massive and never done before. Right nice. in the ballpark. It's where the pre and post game happened. That was a huge accomplishment. We sold our Salem 5 studio here at Nesson as well for a five-year deal uh, a year and a half ago. That was a huge accomplishment. I think what we've been able to do as far as partnership goes, right? Like I keep telling my team, like, like the year 2023, 2024 is the year of the partnership. Um, we partnered with the Bruins and with the Bean Pot to sell the first ever entitlement of the Bean Pot to Duncan. Mm -hmm. The Bean Pot runs on Duncan, like yeah. natural tie-in, right? Feels organic. Everybody was really excited about that one this year. Um, that's been a huge success too. Obviously, selling for two iconic teams in New England. I mean, there's just nothing like selling for the Bruins and the Red Sox in New England. And this comes from a girl who has sold, again, for every MLB, NBA, and NHL team in the country. The fan base here is it's 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 wild. Um, yeah. And again, when I was able to get a World Series ring um, in 2018, being there for Game 5 in LA, like, yeah. That was a surreal. I can moment. imagine. I can only imagine. Very nice. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you hear so much about the way that not just teams around, but the fan bases that support them, the uh, following, the uh, even just sometimes, and you probably feel this, uh, especially on you know weekends and, and game nights, um, just the kind of buzz around the city. Um, you know, I, I certainly get a large part portion of it being in New York at the moment, but. Um, we've got one of the guys in the office who's from Boston and, you know, he goes back up to Boston frequently for, for games and the way that he explains and describes that kind of fan base and the following and the atmosphere and the buzz that comes with everything um, seems pretty special. So no surprises that you've had a, a fair amount of achievements there. Um, and then just looking at that kind of transition, I guess, then, Cosmina, so you've <clears throat> you, you started off in, you know, kind of retail sales, if you like. You transitioned into an account executive um, for, for a subsidiary of Fox. You've then worked your way up through the uh, through your career path and, and through your journey over the years. Just talk to us about that kind of transition, if you like, where you've gone from you know media sports sales to, to becoming now a sports executive, and you know whether there was something that that prompted tra that transition. I think you mentioned earlier, you know, it's something that you wanted to do, so you clearly had your eye and and set a goal in place to do it. But what were the kind of steps that you took to to, to get there? And just talk to us about that transition. Yeah, sure. So I think first to your point, like I set a goal. I wanted to be a general sales manager. That was my goal. Um, happy to say that I achieved it at age 36. My first suggestion is dream bigger, right? Like, and so <laughs> yeah. um, I'm excited for my next goal. But um, I set up a goal. And then the next thing was I really surrounded myself with people who had already achieved what I wanted to achieve, right? So I okay. sought out general sales managers. I sought out people who were already sitting at executive tables that weren't even in the sports media industry. I did a lot of networking. I did a lot of, you know, coffee or drinks and just chatting with people about their journey and building out my network. Um, I think that that was really crucial to the journey to, to the executive seat that I have now, because I learned a lot along the way and talking to people who weren't in sports media 
those people were actually more influential than the people who were in sports media because it okay. made me think about the business through a different lens, right? And I was able to provide a new perspective or a new way of kind of looking at the business where a lot of the other people who were in sports media who I talked to, like, you know, you kind of get a little bit stagnant at some point. Um, so having some different perspectives from people outside the industry allowed me to look at the industry through a different lens. Yeah. Um, so that was the second thing. I mean, I think the third thing was really, again, combining this idea of like a business sales mind to the executive table. Yeah. I'm always yeah. surprised when I'm sitting with executives who aren't in sales, the lack of knowledge as to how a business makes money. Um, and that might sound silly, but like not everybody truly understands how a business makes money and they don't necessarily think through all of those pieces. And, you know, I think for me, understanding that component, but always looking at it through like a problem solving mindset has really helped me create efficiencies to save or make money. And a lot of times people don't realize like saving money is making money, right? Yeah, so. Yeah. So people think like, oh, I'm not in a revenue generating position. I can't actually impact the bottom line. It's like, well, no, you actually can, because if you could save money within your own division or create efficiencies within or look at, you know, how you might be able to rely on other departments to that are trying to achieve the same objective or not, like you, you can um, actually save the business money, which is money. Um, so I think, again, just looking at kind of the business through that like sales mindset has yeah. helped yeah. me propel myself to the um, executive table a little bit quicker. Um, and then the last thing is really being authentic, right? And I sometimes like hate saying this because it's such a buzzword and everybody's talking about authenticity. Gets thrown but, about a lot, but I think it's, it's, it's true. It's right, especially for yeah. that kind of Right. But like, if you, if you do it cor correctly, right. Like yeah. if you if you really are authentic in the, your true self, you know, my dad would always tell me like a diamond doesn't shine at the bottom of a cave. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, but you know, I quickly realized once I started to be in corporate America, what he meant, there are people when you walk into a room who understand your value and see it and can help you shine bright. And there's situations that you might put yourself in where people don't see your value and can't can't help you shine. And yeah. I've yeah. always been really good about if I'm not bringing value to a room, I see myself out of that room, right? And yeah. and I make sure that when I'm at the table, I am representing voices, ideas, and opinions of people who aren't in that room. So that is my true authentic self. You know, I've always said the perspective that maybe other people have shied away from or brought a point to light that maybe, you know, no one else wanted to say. And so I think that authenticity of being courageous in a room when I might be the only female at the table with this perspective and just like knowing that's on me and that's why I'm sitting at that table has helped me get to the executive spot a little bit quicker than I than I imagined. Yeah. Okay. So a fair few things then for, for kind of people to be thinking about, but I think the underlying thing there is a, from everything that you're saying is, you know, being yourself um, is, is one of the first things, not just in the goal setting, but when you actually get there is maintaining that kind of self-standard, if you like. Um, I think the, the the point that you make is really interesting on seeing things through a different lens, because the, the, the requirements that we're taking nowadays, I'd probably say maybe 40 to 50% of the searches that we're taking on, we're hearing businesses that are saying, I want someone who can see things differently, who can do things differently. I don't want your traditional, you know, partnerships person who's done this for 10 years. I want someone who's worked in a slightly different environment who can 
um, look at something in a very different way and have a different solution and kind of end goal as to how something's done. So I think seeing things through that different lens is certainly a, a big component in there. Would you say that it's also changed your kind of thought process and maybe approach to leadership as well and how you manage others in maybe is there some sort of element of upskilling them in some outside of their traditional areas that maybe you think would help them further along in their career or is that something that you kind of leave with them to make their own decision on has there been that kind of crossover between you know what you've taken and how you then lead and manage your your people yeah listen the media landscape right now is like insanity, right? Like things are just happening. It is evolving quicker. Obviously, yeah. the digital influence has, but I mean, look at the RSN space right now, what's happening. Yeah. At the, like, it, it Changes are happening so quickly. And if people aren't proactively pushing themselves out of their comfort level and being inquisitive about how to solve these problems, yes, absolutely. I will yeah. go ahead and suggest that you know I, and i make the suggestion a lot to my team like because they'll be like oh you know we we have such a great network and we talk to this person over at the celtics and we talk to this person over, and i'm like great i want you to not talk to somebody in sports media go find a different perspective go find and see if that can help us approach our problem from a, a unique perspective so you know again like it's crucial to the business that we're in. We always talk about this evolution of Nesson and how we're into like the Nesson 2.0 and what that looks like, you know, with a new fan base and trying to reach new audiences. And again, as this landscape continues to shift, but if you don't have the people who are also thinking about that, I mean, you can't get there by yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You need the, the leadership. You need the kind of thought process behind it. Because as you said, right, people have only ever done certain things in a certain way just in different environments and different businesses things will only ever be done in that way right the minute that you take a bit of a step back different lens different perspective on those things i think that's where that's where you really see things uh change up um, yeah and sorry just to add to that you know i was actually having this conversation today and i was sitting across from one of my managers who was telling me i've turned over every rock and i said that's the problem we can't even, we're not even turning over rocks anymore. We're turning over something new that we don't even know what it is. We've turned over all the rocks. You're right. We're on to something else that isn't even a rock. So um, I think that that mindset too, right? It just becomes, we. you get into this little bit of a grind, into this little bit of a wheel. And unless you're going to continuously push yourself out of your comfort zone, continue to learn, continue to make a new connection, it's really hard to not come in every day and do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And can you share any other kind of memorable or, or maybe kind of experiences that you had from your time as you know a sports exec that have really shaped your perspective or the kind of approach to the industry? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the time when I'm sitting around a table and you know I'm the only female, I do think about, geez, how do we get more females around this table? How do we get more diversity of thought around the table? And I've tried to like make a lot of correlations. I think um, there's this, you know, there's this study that the top Fortune 500 companies, 95% of the CEOs played sports. Um, and then there's another stat that 6% of them are females. And out of that 6% of them, 90% of them played sports. Um, so, you know, and then I think about what's happening right now in youth sports today. Um, there used to be 47% of kids under the age of 12 playing sports. Now we're down to 37%. Um, and I do think that 
we have a business problem and a sports problem. And again, marrying those two, um, of we don't have enough youth playing sports and this, the, the attributes that you learn by being part of a team, you know, teamwork, collaboration, courage, passion, all of that stuff. Like that isn't making its way to businesses because the pool is continuing to get smaller. And as a mom of three, who my son just started playing hockey, I know the most expensive sport. <laughs> uh, I definitely see an issue with the cost of youth sports, right? The the barrier to entry. So um, I think that, again, it's easy to sit at the table and be like, okay, I'm the only female here with this perspective and speak up in that way. But I've really taken it to the next level. And I've tried to figure out like, what's the root of the problem? How can I help drive and impact youth sports for more participation, but then also what can I do in my current role to be able to mentor and create allyship for women who either are in college or in high school trying to break into the industry. I do a lot with, you know, talking to athletes and having them understand the business of sports, because I think you'd be surprised how many um, people on the field don't even understand how a team makes money and and how that you know, what, what goes into what are those factors that allows a team to make more money? You know, it's of course about team performance, um, and having a good team on the field, but there's so much more that goes into it. So I really try to, um, give back and educate that way. So therefore we have a long line of people who are capable and intelligent and really um, able to get into um, the business of sports and also able to provide a different perspective. It's clearly something that, that you're passionate about, which, you know, I love to hear, love to see. It's what this industry is all about, in my opinion, is, you know, being able to express your passion in a way that gives people experiences that, you know, they'll kind of cherish and remember forever. And if you can increase the level of engagement that is at the youth level and increase the amount of females that are in the industry to you know not just participate at that level but actually then realize that there is a big industry um you know where they can go out and be successful and you know achieve similar feats to what you've achieved um then you know there's always a platform to be able to to speak about that and do that you're also uh, a vice president of, of wise in boston as well for anyone who isn't aware would you mind just giving them the rundown on on wise Oh, sure. My favorite thing to talk about is WISE. <laughs> so um, WISE is Women in Sports and Events, and um, it's a national organization, and then there's local chapters. We've been able to be really impactful here, again, with a lot of entry-level um, women who are trying to break into sports. We have all different types of events that we put on locally, but then there's also a great national chapter that has a lot of different events. Some are done remotely, some are done in person, um, but it's been a great network for me. I've actually been part of WISE now in three different cities in New York, in Chicago, and in Boston. So, um, and it's definitely helped shape my career. The relationships that I've been able to make in WISE um, have been very impactful to what I've been able to accomplish throughout my career. But more than that, it's really like given my it's given me meaning, right, to be able to help all of these women. And I've hired so many of them or helped so many of them at this point get jobs. Brilliant. So um, I always say to anybody who I help along their career journey, like, don't forget about me when you become CEO. I'll need a job at some point and you can return the favor there because a, a lot of these women, I think, are going to go on to do some pretty amazing things in this field. Brilliant. Well, there you have it, girls. For anyone who's interested, I'm sure Kasmina would be more than happy to 
point you in the right direction or, or help out with uh, with joining the group. Um, last question for you, Cosmina, before we uh, we wrap up here. One piece of advice you'd give to anyone who's currently um, maybe, let's say, in the sales world or, or adjacent to sport and is considering, you know, making that transition that you did as as a, a sports business executive. Any kind of bits of advice that you'd give to them, or one main uh, tip, if you like? Listen, if you want it, it's yours. <laughs> Go get it. Uh, you could do it yourself. I did it myself. Um, you know, obviously hard work, networking, self-advocacy are, are key components. But um, if you can see it, you can be it. And even if you can't see it, you can be it. So um, I love the thought of just people going out, applying for that job um, that, you know, again, women typically don't apply for a job unless they're 100% qualified. Men apply even when they're only 60. Apply for the job, take the risk, believe in yourself, have the courage, have the confidence and go do it. Love it. Love it. Kasmina, thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, I, it's been a pleasure. I've uh, been really insightful, been really helpful to get your perspective on everything and um, obviously wish you all the success and, and the best of luck this season with both the Red Sox and the Bruins and, and of course at Nesson. Yeah, go Red Sox, go Bees. Thank you, appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks everyone for joining. We'll see you next week.